I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, this is Bernadette Peters, and you're listening to the Standard Theatre Podcast. Hello and Merry Christmas. I'm Nancy Durrant. I'm Nick Curtis. And I'm Nick Clark. Welcome to a very special end of year episode of the Standard Theatre Podcast. That's right. This week we're going to talk about the stuff that's really impressed us over yeah. the past year in theatre. Our favourite performances, our best shows, the most eye-opening debuts, all that great stuff. See, you dreamt of being a pilot, but you never got to fly. See, you dreamt of sailing the seven seas, but never got to try. Well, let Navy lads get so... Where's Stella? Out on the porch. I'm going to ask a favour of you in a moment. What could that be, I wonder? Some buttons in back. You may enter. With the things that you do. picking up at midnight. Ow! But you said I know that I could come over, but not that I could stay over, but my mum was not having it. Okay, but did you try I everything? tried everything in the plan. I gave them your mum's number. I got starlight, I got sweet dreams, I got my gown, who can ask for anything more? When you need a jet, paying all kinds of rent, for a flat that can fatten the touch my heart. Call it sad, call it funny, but it's better than even money that the guy's only doing it for some dog. Professionally speaking, why don't you think it's the drug? Professionally speaking, two very good reasons. You asked to see the scans of the volunteers with the greatest effect. Are you interested in who they are? Of course. Plus, what we're looking forward to in 2024. Remember to hit follow on this podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Shall we start off then with the performances that really impressed us over the past yeah, year? Yeah, there have been some super ones. Yeah. I mean, it's an <laughs> astonishing year, isn't it, where we barely even mentioned James Norton in a little life, <laughs> yeah. you know, which at one point seemed like was going to be one of the biggest things of the year. And now yeah. people are like, what, when, for yeah. our play, who yeah. cares? Yeah. 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 It's funny, as I was thinking that this morning, I was like, oh yeah, I saw that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was a feat, and that was sort of it. <laughs> I think we do, we do have to kick off with the winners of the standards Natasha Ritson Award for Best Actress joint winners Patsy Ferran and Anjana Varson Is there any more to say no? Is there, there isn't much more to say I mean it was just it was astonishing you know Patsy Ferran of course stepped in with a week's notice yeah. to play Blanche in Streetcar Named Desire I once went out with a doll who said uh, I am the glamorous type I am the glamorous 
type. I said, so what? And what did she say to that? She didn't say nothing. That shut her up like a clam. Oh, did it end the romance? No, it ended the conversation. That was all. But they were up against Sophie Okonedo, who's Medea at Soho Place, I thought was really, mm. really, really impressive. Yeah. I was just watching her in Slow Horses this weekend, and she's such a fantastic actor. She is yeah. such a good actor. What sort of really hit home with you guys this year? I know that I was wittering on about how I felt like I, I saw it as a very important performance all the way through, but I'm still, I'm still kind of taken aback by Andrew Scott's Vanya. It was virtuosic. It was mm. so kind of conspiratorial. You really warmed to his presence on stage, even though he's playing about 30 different people. <laughs> I think maybe it's eight. But um, again, it was such a feat, but he did it in a way that made me care about it. Mm. I mean, another virtuosic performance, I thought, uh, for a very different play, a very different reason, was Daniel Rigby in oh Accidental God. Death yeah. of an Anarchist. So good. He, his performance contained multitudes. I mean, it was a, it was a, a role that initially could have been really annoying yeah. and it's you know it starts off and it's turned up to 10 and you think oh no can we can we live through this ah uh, yes you poor loves it must be so hard to keep track of all the investigations these days we're doing our best <laughs> if only that were true no this one is but in fact he just had the audience on a string I mean it yeah. was funny it was searing I mean it was so because it was driven by anger as well so it was this extraordinary production it was I like think. hilarious and felt dangerous yes. at the same time he never let up he mm. never slipped it's one hell of a script mm. like it was brilliant and just to say actually both that and Vanya were fantastic update slash adaptations yes. yeah. of classic plays but yeah Daniel Rigby I was on the edge of my seat mm. kind of terrified of him but willing him on at the yeah. same time yeah. it was brilliant a couple of people who I think always pull it out of the hat Papa S.C.A. do um, yep. you yep. know totally different everything he does you know I just thought he was wonderful in the effect, in the effect yeah. rather leery you know wide boy character mm. I mean, stuff I've never seen him do before and the great Ronke Adekulejo in Clyde's mm. every time I see her she's just astonishing and totally different you know yeah. I, you quite often I find myself 20 minutes into a play going oh it's her it's yeah. her again you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, so Clyde's brilliant. was just a delight wasn't it yeah, yeah. Oh, um, it was it was a lovely show, and I thought everybody in it actually was a gorgeous performance. But yeah. hers was sparkling. Yeah, I think would be yeah. the word. I think you need to mention Ruth Wilson, Nick, yeah. since you're oh, the only yeah. one who saw it. <laughs> oh yeah, that 24-hour play yeah. that I saw that was like you know yes. life-changing. True. I mean, that was that was just astonishing. And 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 as Ruth Wilson said when I spoke to her about it, it proved there's an appetite out there for weird stuff. She performed opposite the same scene opposite a hundred different men without rehearsing with any of them. A lot of them were amateurs. Um, it was a fairly sort of innocuous scene, but the whole thing had a cumulative incredible yeah. power. I wasn't there for the full 24 hours, though. I'd, I'd Slack act. <laughs> 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 really? A couple of critics were there. I, I mean, I saw them and it was like they'd come back from the Vietnam War or something. <laughs> well, it, so it's one of those that in a couple of years' time, millions will say they've been there, but you actually were there. The so we this is, we've got this down yes, on the podcast. Exactly, yeah. and on record, neither of us were. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. I will so. never be able to tell that lie. Absolutely true. But also a year of amazing ensembles, the three current ones at the at the National Theatre, all of them female-led, Infinite yeah, Life, The and Witches, really and good. The House of Bernard Alba. Mm -hmm. Yes, House of Bernard Alba has Harriet Walter in it, but, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. it's, it's just, you know, a team player. Just one yeah. of the other brilliant women. And the women. National has two more ensembles out on the road, or should I say transferred to the West End. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, full of, as you say, star names, but it feels like an ensemble, although I have to say with Dear England... There is one standout in that. There totally Joseph is, yeah. Fiennes, you know, you forget within five minutes that this isn't Gareth Southgate. You did admit there were slight prosthetics, but that's not it. It's his accent, yeah, it's, it's his gestures, his it's how... It's his body language, it's, isn't yeah. it, as well? It's extraordinary. And you just think this is Gareth Southgate. I tell my players that what they are a part of, what we are all a part of, is an experience that lasts in the collective consciousness 
of our country. Every yeah. Yeah. It's, He's it's, got that sort of diffidence. He's always leaning back as if yeah. he doesn't want to be too much part of whatever silliness is going on. Yes, that sort of funny. quietness but the, that is masking yeah. you know, all sorts of emotions. Um, and then, of course, the motive in the queue, which yeah. has just an amazing array of actors all doing their best work. It does, yes. Mark Gatiss, uh, Johnny Flynn and Tuppence Middleton holding her own in a very uh, masculine play, actually. You know, yeah. She's really the only... only And a tough, you know, in a tough role. She's yeah, playing, playing bloody Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> The other person that we haven't mentioned is Nicole Scherzinger. Oh, yeah, her. <laughs> oh, yeah, her. <laughs> just just in walked that away thing. with a statuette from the evening sun. <laughs> no, exactly. Whose performance in Sunset Boulevard was, as I think we all agree, absolutely bloody knockout. That's true. Yeah, absolutely true. And also, if we're talking about ensembles, we can't really not talk about the guys and dolls. I was going to say, and Marisha right. Wallace oh, yeah, in yeah, that yeah, as yeah. well, yeah. talking about yeah. musical performers in there. Yeah. There's a couple of others that I wanted to mention. Uh, one was uh, for, for a play that has caused much debate on this podcast, but <laughs> uh, Johnny Lee Miller for um, Amira, oh, yeah, which Amira, I thought he gave that. a really beguiling performance. It was you know, he was sort of tense, duplicitous. It was multi-layered and he yeah. sort of just, he carried it all off. It was never anything but intensely watchable. I was yeah. always looking for him wherever he was on the stage. My other one is, is a play that I don't think either of you saw, but it was performed by Cato Flynn in all of it at the Royal Court. This was three monologues by Alistair McDowell and the first two were new, and but the third one was the real knockout, the, the one of the title, all of it. And it basically follows a life from yeah, birth yeah, to death. So this. from, you know, the fractured mind of a, an infant baby all the way mm-hmm. through to the final, <clears throat> final moments. And you talk about tour de force acting. It's it's a shame it ran for such a short time. It went on mm. to Avignon, I think. But yes, um, I did. I think I did see that. Was that done done on its own at one point? It was well? in twenty twenty. Yeah, so I think yeah. I did see it back in twenty twenty. Oh, you're right. That was fantastic. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think were the best? I mean, performances is one thing, but mm. what do you think were the best sort of shows of the year? Yeah, we've mentioned a few of them, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. The Q and Dear England, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I just want to say, and I'm sure I've said it before, like so many times, but it is a stellar piece of popular theatre. Yes. That is visibly attracting new audiences. I went again last week. I went to the loo in the interval. And I went straight in, I had a wee and I came straight out. And you may not think that's a surprising thing to happen, but that is revolutionary. Is it because the crowds were just Largus willing football it fans. Was just and blokes. Ball blokes it was loads of lads. Blokey, yeah. Lads everywhere. Honestly, all Living the women the dream, were like, yeah. Living the dream. just literally in the toilets, all of us going, isn't this amazing? It's like being in a folk club or something. It was absolutely incredible. Anyway, Good. top tip. Yeah. Um, but um, I hope it will breed a kind of new group of theatre curious young men who yeah. might go and see Red Pitch when it comes to Spatso mm-hmm. Hope Place next year. Yep, yep, that's true. We mentioned Clyde's already as well, yep. which is a Lynn Nottage's play at yep. the Don Mart set in a diner uh, yeah. where everybody starts to believe in the redemptive power of the sandwich, which <laughs> so is cute. really, so cute. you know, really lovely show. Retrograde, I adored. I so hope it's coming back. I, so I think it will. Please. I think Ryan Calais Cameron's got quite a lot of, like, you know, he's, he's got, got a, a lot huge of momentum behind him. him yeah, which is great. I mean, his a lot play... of it comes from this room. As well. <laughs> 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 it's true. Ivano Jeremiah. He played Sidney Poitier. Yes. And he's this kind of cool and watchful presence and he plays it in a very quiet way but you cannot take your eyes off him I think he's got a great future ahead of him they want to know that if you should fall you would bleed blue and not red really Senator McCarthy's getting I'm just an actor actor vists 
for Black Boys is coming back into the West End. Well, and that was one of my shows of this past year. I know it's been in other places as well before that, but it's West End Transfer was this year. Yeah, Yeah, first time I'd seen it as well. And it would have reached a much wider audience and it was selling out and what a response it got as well. And this time it's going to be assistant directed by Tatenda Shamiso. Yes, uh, I saw that today. our Emerging Talent Award at the Standard Awards this year. That's going to be fabulous. I mean, there's a tie-up of talents, isn't it? Yeah. Ryan Kelly Cameron and Tatenda Shamiso. That's incredible. Yeah. I was just going to say, a couple of sort of left field um, Mm -hmm. hits at the National. I think the Nationals had a wonderful year. We're going to talk a bit more about that later, aren't we? But uh, the Confessions, Alexander Zeldin's play. I was. That was going to be my left field choice. You stole my left field choice. No, you take it. Well, I was totally surprised by it. There wasn't any buzz around it. I didn't know very much about it. Only that uh, Alexander Zeldin had done it, who is a wonderful theatre maker. Incredible. And it was this story taken from talking to his mother and many other women of her generation and sort of putting on stage a story of uh, inverted commas, nobody. And it was so moving, so Mm -hmm. interesting and told a story that needed to be told. And it also featured one of the scenes of the year. It was so moving and shocking. Uh, a piece of theatre making that I thought I couldn't not mention it this in the, in this roundup of the year. There's another thing actually I wanted to talk about. That a couple, one of them, um, which is at the National, was Grenfell in the words of survivors, yeah. a verbatim play, literally in the words of the survivors, mm. um, telling the story of the months uh, leading up to what happened to the to the fire, and then some of the investigations afterwards, and what they found out about how how it had been a kind of litany of of um, greed and and neglect in just a few words um but i think that was a kind of exemplar of how to do a show like that because there was so much at stake yes people really care about this and there's a good example of how not to do it i think probably in the and we haven't seen it yet to be fair but the bbc was planning a drama about it and the survivors groups were really upset about that because Mm. they didn't feel like they'd been sufficiently cared for in that whereas this was done with such care Every consideration had been made. There was nothing sensational or theatrical about it. It worked as theatre because it had its own sort of horrific drama, the story itself. And it was incredibly moving. And I think I really hope it does well. It's playing for a month in New York next year, April to May. And I think it's a great thing that that story is going to be told elsewhere. It's a sign of the sort of breadth of London theatre as well, that it can accommodate that and all the the other stuff that we've been talking Mm. about. Oh, and also Sleepover. Sleepover, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, just what I was thinking. (laughs) It's not like the best play I've I've ever seen. You know, it was a very young writer. Um, I know someone's going to have to remind me of her name because... Um, Matilda Faseo Ibini. Thank you. It was absolutely enthralling. It was such a lovely night in the theatre, just watching these four girls. Yeah, like, that's just, right. Just sort of navigating the top end of the middle of their teenage years and GCSEs and family yeah. and sexuality and all of that, all through the sort of prism of the sleepover. It was, it was amazingly gorgeous. richly textured, that. And also every performance of that play was relaxed. So yeah. people were allowed to respond to it how they would. So there was a lot of response from the audience, a lot of, you know, a lot of open laughter and, you know, a few call-outs and things. And it just absolutely... Absolutely worked on on every level. I thought that was wonderful. Don't tell me you've been wearing that the whole time you travelled here. Uh, I didn't want to waste any time changing. That same bomb that you sat on the bus with is the same one you want to share a mattress with me. And it was a, it was actually one of the best plays I think because what it what it didn't ostensibly state, but what it was all about was that all these girls are going to graduate into COVID. Basically, they're of course, all coming yeah, of it age. was set in like 2016, yes, wasn't yeah, it? So they were all, you know, can't wait till 2019 mm. when we're oh all going to be God. free. And, yeah, uh, there was a sort of ripple of uncomfortable yeah, laughter at that yeah. point, wasn't but that there? Was, that was a tremendous show. Uh, it was started in 2022, but we should also mention Elephant. Oh, Anushka yeah. Lucas's show, just yeah. lovely. The Crucible came back. In, That's or right. it transferred, it transferred. Into, the, into the West End. And yeah, you and loved think, that, Nick, yeah, didn't I you? I think people said it was almost better the second time around. I really felt it was. I mean, I thought it was great at the National, but it somehow sat in that historic theatre in the West End. 
somehow sat better in there, even though it had a very sort of modernist set. And it was recast slightly with Caitlin Fitzgerald and Millie Alcock mm. taking the two lead female roles. I didn't think Erin Doherty could be better as Abigail, but uh, but Millie Alcock, you know, just knocked it out of the park in that. I think. Let either of you breathe a word, or at the edge of a word, and I will bring a pointy reckoning that will shudder you. So, best musicals, guys. <laughs> well, I mean. There are only really two in the running. Really, aren't there? <laughs> well, I mean, you if, say if it that. was an award, you very yeah. diverse. Oh, it, was good year. Year. it was a good year. It was a good year. But you go and give us your two. Well, I mean, you know, Guys and Dolls, it was dead good. They did yep. it really well. But yep. I think, as Nick Heitner pointed out, uh, uh, when, when he got given the Evening Standard Theatre Award, it's been the best musical since 1950. Come on, come on. I know he was so, slightly ungracious, but anyway, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And he was right. You know, it's difficult to put new musicals up against something like that because yes. it is a sort of yeah. superb piece of, like, example of the genre. Yeah. Sunset Boulevard, I just thought, was absolutely bloody amazing. I was a bit like, oh, God, am I going to enjoy this? But actually, just Jamie Lloyd just absolutely refashioned it into something so Those are brilliantly both really formed. bold productions, aren't they? Because, no, I mean, Guys and Dolls has been amazing, as you say, you know, as, yeah, as exactly. said, since 1950s, but you would never say that of Sunset Boulevard. No, no, I mean, it's it not a great... It's not a classic. It's not a great musical, um, but he made um, it into a great, great night. Event. Yeah, yes. Great event. Yeah, great event. I yes. was surprised you wouldn't have mentioned Operation Mincemeat. Yeah, yeah you are right, you are right. We're contractually obliged yeah. to watch it in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is true. Dear Bill, I'm afraid I've not got long to write. I'm off to Mary's, you know how she feels about bridge night. It's been a few days. But what the hell happens then? So, Hitler's on the train and he's feeling kind of tired. He's drugged in a fog like a mental abyss. Mine pants have been stolen. We'll trade them for Poland. God, God that's brilliant. But listen to this. But I haven't got to the exploding socks yet. You've had a verse. I know a little Yeah, it's quite nice to be talking about things that people can still see. Yes. yes. These things exactly. are still and running. You, and um, Mincemeat has just been extended again yeah. for, yeah. I think, the now 427th time. Well, there's other stuff you can see. I mean, Standing at the Sky's Edge is coming back. That yeah. was yes. something that, that proved really, really um, a real hit at the National mm. coming down from Sheffield and a about a Sheffield estate. Yeah. Open up your door Cause we've time to give And my feelings are so obscure Open up your door Great tunes, great story. I thought that was, yeah. And it's just been uh, given whatever that term is, designated origin um, status. What, it's Appalachian Controlé? Yes, exactly. As, as, <laughs> oh an, as an authentic Sheffield product. Controlled Appalachian. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely gorgeous. Tweeting, you know, yes, bit. made in Sheffield. And, That's uh, fantastic. What, like good. knives and forks? Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. But it is, I mean, again, <laughs> it's, a, so cool. it's a testament to the variety of the year that we had this opening alongside Strange Loop at the yep. Barbican and transferring over oh, from, yeah, yeah. from Broadway. We wanna know what's going on in New York. We wanna know what's going on in your life. It was a unique piece of work. Yes. Without a doubt. And Absolutely. then on the other end, it's sort of imports from America that was crazy for you. Yeah. Which is the sort of classic Gershwin, jazz hands, hoofing, you know. And if anyone had any doubts that Charlie Stemp is a stone-cold star, yeah. this, threat, yes. this yeah. absolutely put that to bed. He's one of theatre's best-kept secrets, really. Mm. No one really outside theatre knows his name, but everyone in theatre is like, this guy's brilliant. And yeah. that is a show that really 
it really showed his talents brilliantly. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, Nick, you saw The Little Big Thing. Yes. It was a really charming musical. And yeah. uh, it's the story that gets you there, though. You know, the story of this young man who basically becomes paralysed from the neck down mm. and how mm. he and his family navigate this incredible pivotal point in his life. It was also just uniquely suited to the theatre it was in. They needed a theatre that would be in the round and that had wheelchair access, and it had that. Uh, it was it was really charming. You want to talk about two strangers, don't you, Nick? I do. <laughs> I, I love you. it. You're like I want to I, talk about the cake a, one. We, yeah. <laughs> yes, the full title: Two Strangers Carry a Cake Across New York. <laughs> it was a, a, a total surprise, really a lovely surprise. I went in not expecting very much, but the two leads. Absolutely charismatic, warm. There's a lovely witty script and the songs work. And it's basically, it's a nostalgic nod to all the rom-coms of the 80s and 90s and Home Alone 2. What's not to like? (laughs) It's basically precision engineered for you. you, (laughs) New York, I'm already talking the talk. New York, I'm already popping the cork as I'm already... I'm ready to be in New York. Are they ready? Are they ready for me in New York? And one last one I just want to throw in. Groundhog Day came back this year. It was my oh, first yes. chance to be able to see it. And actually, I really loved it. I, I sort thought. of think that might be a bit of a masterpiece, to be honest. Yeah. yeah I hope it does. I, I hope it goes back to New York. It was a victim of like too many big things on Broadway at the same time. And then coming into COVID, perhaps. Or and maybe it was before bad that. luck. Their yeah. leads, I think did his ACL on press uh, night, I think. Yeah. Oh, God. And it just, yeah, previews, but it was also, you know, I think they'd only, set. I think when they first went to New York, they'd only just opened Waitress. So, you know, it was just impossible to kind of, I just, I hope it does because it's such a great it show. Is. It, it is. is. such a great show. Anyway, let's go to the ads. Remember, you can get in touch with us at theatrepod at standard.co.uk. That address is in our show notes too. Why not let us know if you agree or disagree with any of our picks or even tell us what yours are. We would love to hear them. And we'll carry on discussing our hits of the theatrical year and what to look forward to in 2024. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Marisha Wallace, and you're listening to the Evening Standard Theatre Podcast. Welcome back. I just wanted to talk about an email we received. So we asked people uh, to send us their formative shows. Hamza Jahanzeb got in touch with a very recent show and wrote a really lovely long email. I don't think we really, really have time to read the whole thing out, but I just wanted to take a passage out of it. So it's called Blue Mist. It was at the Royal Court oh, yeah. in October, I think, directed by Millie Batia. And so Hamza writes, the reason for this is I'm, I'm in my last year of my 20s. Something inside of me stirred after seeing this play, written by M. Zane Dada uh, and directed by Millie Batia. And it resonated with me on so many levels for it explores the subculture of shisha bars and the intimate lives of three Pakistani Muslim men. 
It also allowed for people like me who are often marginalised by a narrative beyond our control, i.e. the media portrays us, especially in a post-9-11 world, as being from a religion and cultures that are misunderstood. People just haven't any insight, nor they haven't met any, any Muslims or even had the chance to have our stories told. In short, to see our stories on the prestigious Royal Court stage in the heart of our beating capital empowered me to never let me myself think that I can't do anything. Oh, the world, yeah. or at least the world in the heart of my cosmopolitan city, is rooting for us and is in dire need of more stories of those often neglected or overlooked narratives. And it, it, it does go on, but I think it was a really lovely, mm. wonderful response a to a new bit of now. writing. Yeah. Um, so, Hamza, thank you so much for that. And, you know, anyone yeah, else, please you. please do get in touch with shows that have really affected you. You know, we love hearing stories like this and we'd love to read them out on the pod. So that's theatrepod at standard.co.uk. Yeah. yeah, that was lovely. Yeah. Right, what were the debuts that really struck you guys? It's a slightly tricky one. I haven't got loads on my list, but I think, um, I mean, I might be stealing someone's brilliant idea here, but I think we all agreed, and especially Nick Clark and I only saw it for the first time this year, so they were debuts for us, uh, was the entire ensemble of Four Black Boys by Ryan Kelly Cameron in the West End. They were, or I have rather foolishly haven't written down an entire list of their names. There were quite a few of them, but they were all, I reckon, pretty much flawless, and yep. they really blew me away. Let a black boy dance. And let him take up as much space as he needs. Yeah, no, they were terrific. And yeah. again, that's, that show's coming back this year. So his Red Pitch, which yes. uh, yeah, yeah. we were all impressed by the ensemble in that, especially Francis Lovehall as well, who I think you know really stood out, was mm. nominated in the Standard Awards as well. We're going to see a lot more of him, I think. I think we yeah. are. We absolutely are. Um, I know we keep talking, we've been talking about ensembles, but I mean, one... A debut that did really blow me away this year was Andrew Richardson, who yes. made you know oh his God. stage debut as Guy Masterson, you know, possibly the coolest character in musical theatre <laughs> in a really, really challenging dynamic staging. Yeah. Opposite some, you know, opposite Marisha Wallace, Celinda yeah. Schoenmacher and, uh, and Danny May's yeah. proper, you know, straight yeah. acting musical acting. I still titans. think I still think he's like not really a debut star. Like, I, I, I know still what you mean. Think, you still, like, still like, hang on a minute. Has he's he been, been in from forever. some alternative <laughs> reality where he's actually yeah. been performing for twelve. Years. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarro Broadway. So let's keep the party. So like, let's keep the party alive. Never get out of my sight. Never get out of my sight. One superb theatre debut by an established uh, screen actor, I thought, was Michael Ward in yeah. a mirror. Yeah. 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 He has yeah. a real presence. Anyone who's watched Top Boy or Empire of Light will know that he is a startling screen presence. But actually, he managed to bring that charisma, I think, onto the Almeida stage. It's just a shame he's not transferring with the play to the West End next year. It is a shame. That play didn't entirely agree with me, but it's, mm. a, it's terrific that it's getting a wider yeah. run and you know, that a work of serious art and serious mm. intent is, is going to transfer to the West End. I think the West End generally this year and going forward seems to be much more responsive and mm. much more alive to transferring stuff quite quickly, or, you know, sometimes for short runs, but um, it does seem to be to be a much more sort of lively ecology now than, yeah. it, than it was hitherto, mm. I think. I think Taylor Russell's, I think that was a theatre debut well, yes, as well, absolutely. wasn't it? it was, Taylor yes. Russell in The Effect, and I thought she did really well. She and, was incredible. And actually yeah. had the harder part, I think. <clears throat> yeah, because she had to be quite standoffish yeah. and, yeah. you know, whereas he's very charismatic and you're immediately drawn to... Yeah, you've got um, to be Pablo quite withdrawn for that one. Yeah. And I think she did really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to mention a writer here, Roxy Cook, who wrote A Woman Walks Into a Bank at Theatre 503. Oh, yeah, you loved that. Um, you? you know, it's not a perfect play, but there's a real fully formed talent there, I think, mm. you know, and a real understanding of how 
to make a, a script work. She's been a, a director and assistant director, Roxy Cook, for mm. several years, I think, but this is her first play, and it was really, really delightful. Yeah, exactly. Also, was Anya Chalotra, was that her theatre debut, or at least a very early, like, not, she hasn't done much theatre, I, I think. I don't think the, I've um, seen her on stage She's before. in Cold War at the Almeida at the moment, yeah. opposite Luke Thallon, mm. and they work really well together. I mean, you can hear me waxing on about that mm. in last week's podcast, but I thought she was really great, actually. Again, very mm. naturalistic, very... Yeah. Very comfortable on the stage. I thought, yeah, I thought um, good good things from her. Fans of The Witcher will know her work, right? right? Yeah. 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 But they possibly won't have... <laughs> and you are not one of them. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen right. it. <laughs> possibly won't have heard her sing in The Witcher, and she does have this beautiful singing yeah, voice as well, lovely. which is extraordinary. <clears throat> For all we know, they could have been, she could have been knocking out tune every episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we, we have no care. idea. We're, th- we're theatre purists, <laughs> darling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Distracted by genre TV series. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to one more quick ad break. In part three, we'll be discussing what we're looking forward to in 2024. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Patrick Vale, and you're listening to The Standard Theatre Podcast. Welcome back. Looking forward to next year. Indy Rubensingham obviously taking over at the National. It's quite difficult. In 2025. In 2025, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, but, she's uh, going to be yeah, like yeah. skulking about on the sidelines. She's going to be. She's going to be laying plans. It, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's it's hard taking over a thriving place. I think. I remember uh, Michael Attenborough saying that to me when he took over the Almeida. You know, you really want to be the person who comes in and saves somewhere. But she yeah. is taking over the National. Uh, she's going to have a strong hand. To play at the national, but I think she's going to be really, really interesting, and it's going to be yeah. interesting to see what and also, she starts thinking if, if you, about. If you take over somewhere that's genuinely failing, like you have got, I mean, she's going to have financial issues anyway because that yeah. loan that they took out oh, over yeah. COVID, the Culture Fund loan, or what yeah. it's called, is going to come due in mm. 2025, which is a pretty, pretty god awful timing. Yeah. yeah. But in a way, I think it's better to take over something that's doing well because it's obvious you don't need to kind of do a kind of root and branch culture change, mm. and that is that's a real. Yeah, you know that's really hard. Yeah, the most interesting appointment I think has been David Byrne, or the other interesting appointment has been David mm. Byrne at the Royal Court, yeah. uh, formerly of the New Diorama Theatre, where a lot of things we've been talking about, like for Black Boys, originated. Yeah, and mincemeat. Uh, yeah, 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 I thought I meant to yes. mention that. Yes. I was just thinking, like, I know that none of them came from the New Diorama this year, but yeah. it really was a kind of crucible for some. He has a really interesting way of working with companies and mm. developing relationships over time, working yeah. with you know developing new work from established companies. Like that. So it'll be really interesting to see 
how he operates within a very different structure of the royal court. Oh, maybe yeah. he'll change it. I'm and, not sure yeah. it doesn't need it. I think he probably does need a bit yeah. of a shake-up. And also how his replacement, Beck Martin, does that, the new diorama. Yeah. They've announced their new season as well. Again, really, really interesting mm. appointment. Um, Hampstead Theatre is probably not going to have an artistic director going forward, it seems. Not which massively, is massively like, mm. up for that, I no. have to say. Having seen how it hasn't really worked elsewhere, I'm, yeah. not, like, I'm not like, that's a brilliant idea. It seems to be, you know, there's a lot, been a lot of chuntering on sort of Theatre X, formerly Twitter, about mm. the fact that this seems to be the model people are trying now. Yeah, we're trying we wait it to because see. you don't have to pay anyone well, 90 grand to do a really hard job. Right? Yes, you know. yeah. We wait to see how this happens. It is interesting to see how theatres rise and fall, though, you know, that we've all been talking about the new diorama this year and the last two years, and nobody sort of talks about the gate anymore, which used mm. to be such a massive force. You know, mm. they lost their venue and are now sharing, you know, Camden People's Theatre. And have now lost their funding. Right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, a sad thing, isn't it? Well, we'll see. And the, the, I was the one thing I was delighted to see this year was the um, and and they've they came out with a single show this year was the Yard Theatre, yeah. which is one of my fave new places. I think I discovered it slightly later than some of my colleagues, but um, they're returning to a sort of full program next year. Or certainly, they've got two two plays scheduled for next year, which look really interesting. So yeah, yeah. No, well, exciting. let's talk about the new plays that we're excited the to. Big star. Yes. Yes. The first really massive thing has got to be Plaza Suite, right? Yes. Like, yeah. That's Sort of well, that's not so much the new play. That's the big <laughs> no, star. No, no, it's the new, it's the new product, new show, yeah. new yeah. show, new show. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, that's Sarah Jessica Parker S- and Matthew Broderick. Somebody said to me the other night, "Is that going to be any good?" And I said, "Who cares?" It's a bit like you know, it's a bit like sort of someone saying to me, "Is the fuel consumption on this Ferrari any good?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a deeply, you know, ex- it's an exclusive um, experience. Yeah, you know, exciting. Thing. Some people are going to pay for, it and yeah. uh, and some people aren't. You know, are not going to be able to. Yeah, and there's a lot more stars to follow as well. Obviously. Finds and Indira Varma going to yeah. be doing the latest Macbeth. Yeah. yeah, which you've seen already in Liverpool. I you? have, yeah, it's coming in in February. Like mm. yeah. Wasn't totally blown away with it, but I, I would, I mean, they're, they're both interesting actors. I, I think Varma's Lady Macbeth is terrific in mm. this. I wasn't totally sold on uh, on Finds' Thane, but uh, well, we'll see what, what happens when it comes to in. Doc X. This yes. is the, it is in a warehouse. Yep. Uh, rather than an established venue, so that'll be an interesting uh, for, for audiences. Yes, yeah. There are quite a lot of people going to strange places. So Felicity Huffman is going in a play yes. called spelled H I R, pronounced here. It's about it's about gender Mac. identity yeah. um, at the Park Theatre. So Felicity Huffman in Finsbury Park, who was obviously the big star of, or a big star of Desperate Housewives. Yeah. But also uh, Matt Smith is heading back to the stage. Yeah. Was, was the last thing he did lungs? Possibly I think it was. I think probably. it probably yes. was, yeah. Yes. He's, He's doing an enemy of the people. Yeah. yeah, but it will be a very different enemy of the people because it's Thomas Ostermeyer. Yeah, it? and it's mm. Ostermeyer's UK debut, I believe. Okay. Um, lots of fascinating stuff coming up later in the year. Ian McKellen uh, in Player Kings for Robert Icke, you know, very, very experimental director here, doing his take on Shakespeare's history plays, and this will be McKellen playing Falstaff, you know, yeah. all he's very never exciting. played, which will be extremely exciting. I just really hope that they cut some of those useless, useless scenes for Falstaff because they're um, so, so, so annoying. Given it's Robert Icke, I think... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be savagely cut to bits, probably, um, and and totally you know new minted. Um, and then we have Brian Cox and we Patricia do. Clarkson, Logan I mean, Roy himself, wow, coming yeah. into. To do Long Day's Journey in tonight. I mean, again... I mean, Brian Cox and Eugene O'Neill just feels like they are absolutely yeah. made for each other, doesn't it? That's an extraordinary play. There's, if, if they do that uncut, there's loads of bits where uh, where they the characters read Shakespeare to one another and normally people cut that. I'm almost tempted to ask if they'll leave the, that in yeah. for this one. <laughs> the one that I'm really excited about is May Said What She Said. Isabel Huppert mm. is coming back. I love Isabel Huppert. Yeah. I love all the films she's in. Well, you in. better book now. It's only on for about three nights. Mm. 
Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, I asked someone. <laughs> yeah. For a slightly longer run, Sarah Snook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other great star of, of uh, Succession is doing a one-person Dorian Gray, which yeah. will be fascinating. Yeah, that I think. could be. Well, it, it, yeah, I think it should be brilliant. The, the, the person who originally did that was the leading actress in uh, The Confessions, wasn't it? Because mm. it, it originated in yes. Australia. Ah, right. Um, yes. It know, is a Sydney Theatre Company production, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, you yes. don't get into the West End, unfortunately, with someone whose name I can't remember. So... That's um that yeah, and but I think Sarah Snook will be amazing. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was really great. Other big thing that we should probably mention, which actually starts in January, is the Hills of California yep. at the Harold Pinter Theatre, yep. which is a new Jez Butterworth play uh, and directed by Sam Mendes. So the uh, the team behind the Ferryman coming back together, in which I think sisters gather in their dying mother's Blackpool guest house during the summer of 1976. Anything could happen. The notoriously <laughs> hot summer of 1976. <laughs> yes, yeah, so be nice. Give us a bit of you know summer heat in January. So that'll be, <laughs> exactly. That'll so be quite that fun. Be great. I mean, there are quite a lot of projects here where the play is the star, even though mm. the casts yeah. are, are you know are estimable. There's the Human Body coming up. I Lucy Kirkwood. That's uh, at the Donmar, I think. It is. It? Yes. It's so got Keely Hawes in it. Keely Hawes on stage. That'd be fantastic. Yes. And Jack Close Davenport. up as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Donmar's titchy. Yes, yeah. yes, that's very true. Uh, new John Logan play, double feature about Hitchcock and Tippi Hedren coming yeah. to Hampstead. Oh, interesting. It is. I, I mean, was thinking about Tippi Hedren like two days ago. I've mm. no idea why. And like well, how awful, like how awful it was that he basically destroyed her career. Yeah. And I, I genuinely have no. I was thinking about it on the way past the primary school on my way to work. I've got no idea why, but ah. that's exciting. Well, it is exciting. With it live yeah, exactly. on stage. This is. It reminded me there was a there was a Terry Johnson play called Hitchcock Blonde that was at the Royal Court, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. which Rosamund Pike played the sort of iconic icy Hitchcock mm. Blonde in that. So fascinating to see where where this one goes. Um, I'm particularly excited by it. Between Riverside and Crazy, which oh, yeah. is coming to the Hampstead Theatre, and the reason is the playwright Stephen Adley. Gerges, is that yep. how you say his name? I think so. Um, he was responsible for the amazing National Theatre show, The Motherfucker with the Hat. Yeah. So good. I loved that show. It was brilliant and directed by Indu, of course. Yeah, absolutely, at the but National Theatre. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what, I'm quite excited to see Danny Sapani do King Lear. Yes, that's true. Which is Yale Farber's production. Well, yes. especially the new which casting will obviously of the fool. Be like, oh, is it? Oh, yes. yes. Do I remember you saying now? Yeah. yeah, no, that's exciting. Mm. That yeah. will be really, really good, I think. It's so good to see Clark Peters back on stage. He is yeah. such a sort of yeah. rich, fantastic, you know, resonant He's so actor. Cool. He's really, really cool. Yeah. Also, I have to say, I've never seen John Cassavetes' film Opening Night, but there's an adaptation of it coming to the Gilgood Theatre, directed by Ivo Van Hove, with music and lyrics by Rufus Wainwright. Mm. Uh, and it's starring Sheridan Smith, who yes. I have to say, I think, although I don't um, particularly like uh, the play, she gave a great performance earlier this year in... Shirley Valentine. Thank you very much. Yes, like, and, you know, it would, she, she basically, you know, kept that creaking vehicle going yes. for whatever it was, two hours. And also held the audience in the palm of her oh hand. Oh, my God. I've, she has I've a peerless relationship with yeah. the audience. I've rarely seen that kind Nobody of... Nobody compares. I think, I think, actually, Andrew Scott kind of, like... I mean, it's a completely different thing. With yeah. the Vanya, he kind of... And that's what I meant by saying it was sort of conspiratorial. Mm. You absolutely felt you were willing him on. He, he, he knew you were there and he wanted you to... To, to be there and, and that's how Sheridan Smith makes an audience feel it was like it was like being at sort of some kind of Sheridan Smith church it was amazing I realise we haven't talked about any musicals oh what for next year yeah uh, should we talk about that next time yeah sure. come now. back listeners on the 7th <laughs> of January yeah. to hear us talk about all the brilliant musicals you can see in 2024 that's probably not all of them because it's hooking like them such, straight back in for the new such year such a long list yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah we'll talk about that then 
So I hope everyone's having a lovely festive season. That's the Standard Theatre Podcast for 2023. Please do hit follow, leave a comment, tell your friends. Feel free to drop us a line at theatrepod at standard.co.uk. Thanks to all our guests this year. The lineup has really shown how theatre has bounced back this year and, you know, what rich talent there is out there. Absolutely. And a huge thank you to everyone who's listened and got in touch. We really do appreciate it. We love hearing from you. Please follow. Please tell all of your friends um, and keep us going. And thanks, as ever, to our producer, Rachel Abbott. We will see you all back here on January the 7th, 2024. Have a lovely Christmas. (laughs) 